Welcome to the Valve Chronicles by Clay Valve, your trusted partner since 1936 for the world's highest quality automatic control valves. Join us as we share insights and discuss products that are often invisible, but always essential. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Valve Chronicles, a Clay Valve podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast. As you're listening along, make sure that you're subscribing to Valve Chronicles on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can get a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones. And make sure you're going to our website, clayval.com, C-L-A-V-A-L.com, for more information on our solutions and services and other Valve Chronicles pieces of content plus other articles, videos, and more. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be exploring how technical software can help industrial water professionals analyze and meet their valve sizing and valve noise requirements. At ClayVal, we've refined our valve noise and sizing softwares to meet these very specific needs by working with numerous users of the software to solve difficult field applications, both in the lab and in the field. So with our conversation today, we're hoping to pull from that experience to break down the specific noise and sizing needs that are giving professionals the most trouble today, also explaining why this is an important metric to analyze in the first place and how it can influence broader business decisions and be a strategic point of analysis and decision-making in general. So for insights today, we're joined by Roger Lay, Technical Product Specialist for ClayVal. Roger, great to have you back on. Welcome. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you, Daniel. Fantastic. Yeah, pleasure to have you back on. Looking forward to unpacking this with you today. So uh, let's start by contextualizing a bit. Uh, I want to frame this around some recent developments for the industry. So I know that just anecdotally, more and more engineers are beginning to specify their valve noise limitation requirements. So can you give us some more context on those developments and what's motivating an increase in these uh, requirement specifications? Well, there's a number of applications where clay valve products are used, where uh, people are nearby uh, the operating clay valve, and it may be a residential area, maybe buildings, uh, or even uh, under a street, but it's uh, v- uh, people are walking nearby. So these can be objectionable or dangerous in working environments. In fact, in the process control industry, uh, they're mandated by OSHA to keep their noise levels down. Our valves are often under the street in a vault, and oftentimes it's not a concern. But there is increasing applications where v- our valves are used where noise is important and can be uh, regulated. Uh, So we're seeing more uh, engineers require valve noise information. And as more and more engineers specify these uh, valve noise limitations, have they found any issues navigating the complexity of calculating said valve noise, uh, especially using international standards? Give us a little context there and some yes, no, or why or why not. Well, the, the uh, in process control industry uh, led, led this uh, information requirement and in, in, in standards committees uh, over the years and more recently on uh, hydrodynamic or water flow. In our case, uh, originally it was more just aerodynamic in these processing plants, so it's very noisy. 
but in water flow where there's standards for hydrodynamic uh, now available more recently, uh, there, but they're still complex calculations and very difficult to uh, input all the variables to get uh, outputs, but now they are available uh, and we've incorporated that into our sizing software uh, to, to answer those questions that uh, engineers are uh, requesting. Perfect. Thanks for that context. Let's get a little more specific into why we're even having this conversation in the first place. Uh, why is it important, uh, at least based on the work that Clayval has been doing with clients, uh, to do valve sizing and cavitation analysis at all? Like, what should be the motivator that uh, industrial water professionals use to get them in the right frame of mind? Well, an engineer or a water utility will have a valve control valve application in mind, and they come to our factory sales uh, people and agents to uh, help them design the right valve combination. Now, we offer we have a lot of engineering data sheets that provide some guidance, but uh, sometimes they'll ask questions that they need very specific and documented proof of valve performance and the calculations uh, can be overly complex or uh, you just can't pick it off a sheet of paper so easily you need to input all the variables and calculate the valve performance such as the velocity through the valve how far open the valve goes from between minimum and maximum flows but on top of that they want documented uh, proof of performance so the software now uh, is capable of that and, and provides answers and, and documented perf- proof of performance. And why is valve noise an important factor uh, in valve applications and in uh, broader cavitation analysis? Well, uh, the applications where noise is important, such as in residential areas or where the public is nearby or in uh, processing plants, uh, uh, in, in those cases, OSHA may be mandating uh, valve noise levels, uh, but in uh, cities and municipalities do have uh, in, more increasing use of uh, noise standards that uh, these uh, requirements must be met. So as these municipal and cities uh, and buildings uh, increase their uh, requirements for noise information, then we must be able to provide that uh, before it's installed. So we now have that capability of providing very detailed information, including in some cases, parts of the world like Australia, where not only do they want the noise levels, they want the frequency distribution, very, very detailed uh, information. As our listeners begin to think about implementing valve sizing and cavitation analysis if they haven't already or uh, as they continue to do so and just improve their methodologies, what factors do you consider to be most important in said valve sizing and cavitation analysis and why? Well, the the very simple inputs uh, re- requirements are just the pressures and flows. Uh, an engineer may be designing a pressure-reducing valve he has to determine what the maximum flow requirements and minimum flow requirements into the distribution system will be. Uh, 
but he also has to determine the inlet and outlet pressures uh, and available pressure drop uh, and additional factors that we would like to have is uh, elevation which uh, does influence cavitation performance and temperature if that information is available we would like to see that uh, in addition, uh, in the real world, there's static and dynamic pressures. When the valve is closed, what are the inlet and outlet pressures? But also, when the valve is flowing at maximum flow dynamically, what are the inlet and outlet pr uh, pressures? All of those determine uh, valve performance. So uh, engineers often have that information or can get it for us so we can provide a detailed analysis. And do what I call uh, what if analysis. What if the upstream pressure falls uh, due to uh, a long pipeline uh, upstream? Uh, what if the uh, downstream rises or for different factor reasons? Uh, we can do that uh, scenarios. And that's important to make sure it handles all possible uh, present and future combinations. All right, Roger, we're going to get a little more specific into why noise uh, is a part of this analysis and what causes it. But before we do that, I actually want to play a quick snippet for our listening audience so they get some context as to uh, what a very uh, grating valve noise can actually sound like in context. Uh, before we play it, can you give our listeners a little more information as to where and when this was recorded? Well, the, the uh, valves, the, the, uh, the audio is from a field installation, uh, interestingly enough, in North Africa, where a very large valve, a 24-inch, uh, the operation uh, is they regulate the downstream pressure, they change the downstream pressure, they lower it so that the cavitation noise, it's actually the cavitation occurring in the valve, and uh, as they lower the downstream pressure, the cavitation level gets worse and more noisy. So you're approaching closer closer to the vapor pressure, which is when cavitation begins to occur. And initially, uh, when it just begins, it's called incipient. And it's kind of a random, like rocks going through the valve. And as the level increases, it becomes more constant or critical. And uh, as that gets more severe, it can approach a damaging level. And finally, the most severe is a choking level. So uh, those are the, considered the four levels. But in the audio, you definitely hear the random and the constant or critical levels for sure. All right, let's go ahead and listen to a snippet of that sample. And then we'll get into some more context. All right. So, Roger, with that sound as a framing, what is the main source of noise when a valve makes a lot of noise like that? Uh, does the noise mainly come from the valve itself? Is the valve just uh, a piece of the puzzle? Clue us in. Well, it's where the cavitation starts. When the flow goes through the valve, the velocity increases through the restriction of the valve itself. And when the velocity increases, there is a corresponding drop in pressure and when that pressure drops below the vapor pressure uh, it 
forms a vapor pocket, as they call it. And we often call it a bubble, but it's more of a vapor pocket. And as the pressure recovers just further downstream, the vapor pocket implodes. We call it popping, but it's really an implosion. It's actually a violent type of uh, implosion, and that generates noise and vibration. Uh, and so uh, that, that's, that's cavitation itself occurring. Uh, oftentimes people listen to that and they think automatically that it's damaging level. It may not be. The valve can make a fair amount of noise and not be uh, damaging at this point. And that's why uh, testing is required to determine these different levels. You mentioned cavitation as... Uh the main influencer here where the cavitation starts is typically where we start to see the most noise what are the four stages of cavitation i know that's an important piece for understanding uh what causes the noise and how to analyze it so can you fill us in there too yeah that cavitation that starts in the valve itself these vapor pockets the implosion inside the valve uh, but as it uh, exits the valve a lot of that noise that you'll hear is actually produced uh, from the downstream piping uh, through the walls of the piping itself. Uh, you, you can put your ear to the pipe just downstream and realize that, that that's actually where the noise is coming from, from these uh, noise implosions inside the valve. So people will stand back and think, oh, it's just coming from the valve, but primarily most of the noise is coming uh, from the piping. It transmits through the pipe walls itself, and that's what you hear uh, resonating from the pipe walls. Uh, so during uh, noise level testing, we often make sure that the noise level measurements are not just at the valve, but directed at the piping where most of the noise is coming from. As end users begin to analyze their valve noise, what type of valve noise measurements can be made in the first place? And uh, why is that an important framing for then what can be done with said data? Yes, there are noise level meters or sound that really measure sound, what they call sound pressure level. Uh, It's measured in decibels on an A scale. And an A scale refers to the noise uh, frequency spectrum that the humans can hear. there are different uh, le- uh, noise measurements, but the A scale, as they call it, or DBA, decibels on an A scale, is what's used to measure uh, the noise levels for uh, specifications and requirements. Uh, and so um, uh, that is the measurements made at the laboratories, uh, typically made at one meter distance away from the valve to establish a baseline for publication, and then further calculations can be made at different distances. Now, are these calculations based on anything specific or any initial set of research? Is there sort of a a core that all of this is based around? Well, the various manufacturers had their own uh, predictions or calculations until in recent times, the an international standards organization, IEC, uh, had all of the companies come together and generate, uh, establish international standard called prediction of noise generated by hydrodynamic dynamic flow. 
Uh, and uh, Clayval uh, has been involved in testing for cavitation noise that some of the parameters used in those calculations are uh, uh, used, uh, such as incipient cavitation. That's a primary variable in the international standard to establish noise levels for valve. And so uh, Clayval had uh, numerous tests going back into the 1970s, in fact, uh, that are incorporated into these calculations. So it's the an international standards now well accepted by the industry that we use in our valve noise calculations. All right, I feel like we've set up the context really well. I want to go ahead and loop in Clayval's solutions a little more specifically now so we can understand how technical software is supporting the analysis and strategy around uh, dealing with cavitation and valve noise, etc. So what is Clayval's uh, ClayCav software and why is it an important tool for reviewing technical valve applications? Well, the software called ClayCav, and the, the last uh, phrase, CAV, stands for Cavitation Analysis for Valves. It was originally in the early 2000s developed primarily for cavitation analysis, but soon afterwards I realized uh, that the, all the information was there for valve sizing. So it's over the years become a popular uh, tool for our sales engineers and agents to use to answer questions that engineers and water utilities have about the valve applications. So uh, it has been a, a, a very popular uh, tool, technical uh, application tool, to answer the questions about sizing and cavitation and, and more recently noise. So uh, what is the best valve combinations? Uh, and it also can help avoid uh, oversizing and undersizing valves uh, using the basic rules. And some of those rules are capacity. Does the valve have enough capacity for present and future? Uh, the velocity of the application limits, whether it's a continuous duty or a relief valve intermittent duty, uh, it answers all of those questions and uh, provides a documented uh, proof of performance. And what is this software based on? How did y'all get to a point where you felt comfortable putting this solution out to market? What kind of research went into it? Well, Clayval has extensive laboratory then, uh, uh, valve testing uh, capabilities, uh, but more importantly, we uh, worked with the Utah Water Research Laboratory uh, in these types of cavitation testing. They can do uh, all types of valve capacity, uh, and they're a, a, a premier valve cavitation testing ca uh, laboratory, uh, and uh, more recently have done considerable testing on valve noise for us. So we use them as an independent laboratory so that when we provide printouts, we can uh, uh, tell the engineer and the water utility that the basis of these calculations is largely based on independent laboratory data and that being Utah Water Research Laboratory. Can you get a little more specific for us on what independent labs Clayval used to um, do all of this testing and then what types of testing had to be done to uh, get the software to really uh, meet today's uh, cavitation and noise analysis needs? 
Well, originally, uh, they the Utah Water Research Laboratory pioneered testing for valve cavitation damage. Uh, it's very difficult to predict this. And in fact, they, they pioneered a technique of soft aluminum inserts in the valve and very tediously would run a valve in a cavitation situation for several minutes, remove the soft aluminum inserts, and count the pits, literally, uh, under a, a microscope, and determine when it begins and how many pits per square inch uh, to determine the damaging rates. Uh, so that's very tedious, and this was pioneered by Utah uh, Water Research Lab. So they uh, had that capability, and so we definitely took advantage of that uh, capability in determining the different, uh, uh, not just noise, but the damaging uh, levels of cavitation. Uh, and so this is what customers are interested in. Uh, their software originally focused on damaging because nobody wants a damaged valve. They want it to last forever. And they needed some proof of that. But in more recent times, the other levels, such as noise, which uh, occurs actually before damaging cavitation. So they, they used uh, what they call accelerometers on the valve to establish the valve uh, uh, cavitation levels, the incipient and critical and damaging and choking levels. So they were the pioneers, and we took advantage of their uh, capabilities. Now go ahead and walk our listening audience through how the ClayCav software is used in sort of a day-to-day -day basis, and more specifically how valve noise calculations are incorporated into the clay valve software. Well, typically an engineer or a water utility will have a valve application and they'll contact our uh, clay valve factory sales engineers and or agents with uh, uh, an application and uh, uh, such as a pressure reducing valve and they will provide the information to the, the sales people and they will initially run some analysis and come up for example a six inch valve dropping 100 psi down to 50 psi from a minimum of 100 gpm on up to 500 gpm for example uh, and the printout will show how far open the valve goes the velocity through the valve and the seat velocity and whether cavitation is occurring at, uh, under certain circumstances or not. Uh, and if there is cavitation occurring, uh, especially damage, the salespeople will uh, look at different ways of solving that problem. Sometimes they may need to add cavitation trim to the valve. Uh, run an analysis with and without cavitation trim or some other uh, alternatives such as back pressure orifices or even possibly in more severe cases valves in series. Uh, so they have the capabilities of trying different combinations to come up with the lowest cost and most uh, uh, economic uh, design for long-term performance. So uh, it, it starts with the engineer providing the inputs and the, uh, the sales engineers and agents running this for the engineer and then uh, determining the best combination, uh, the most economic uh, performance. Now walk us through once this um, 
valve noise analysis is done, what can be done with that data, uh, both immediately and then in a more long-term setting? You know, how can it influence broader strategies? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the analysis, initial analysis, they may come up with a, for example, a six inch valve. And uh, they've sized that to be the best uh, size valve for the application. But the engineer does want further information. At this point in the analysis, the, uh, the software user simply clicks a button, valve noise levels, and the program shifts and runs through these complex valve noise calculations and provides a separate printout showing the valve noise levels over the range of flows uh, that the valve will experience so that the printout will show the decibels uh, from a low level of say 25%, 50%, 75%, and 100% of the maximum flows and determine if any operation will be outside of their requirements. Furthermore, the information uh, on the printout shows the noise levels not just at one meter, but also at uh, initially 10 meters, or uh, the user can select any distance and determine, well, what's the noise level at 50 feet or 100 feet or whatever that may be residential areas may be nearby uh, that they can determine whether this will be an issue or or not. So uh, this is uh, what the user can now take advantage of the new feature added into the software, uh, building in this international standards capabilities uh, and specific to clay valve performance from the independent, independent laboratory tests. So now you know, they can run two printouts, the standard valve sizing and cavitation analysis and the specific noise levels produced by the cavitation for that specific application. All right, Roger, I feel like that covers most of what we need to break down today on the podcast to understand why valve noise occurs, why it's an important metric to be analyzing, and how ClayVal's ClayCav software supports making some actionable decisions around said data. So to wrap up, Roger, any final parting words of wisdom or insight, tips and tricks that you want to leave our listeners with as they uh, think about approaching or reimagining their valve noise analysis? Well, uh, many engineers may not be aware of this new noise capability, uh, I would recommend that they take advantage of this and get with their Claybell factory salespeople and sales agents uh, and provide the information and get printouts and start looking at this. Uh, maybe some of them haven't been aware of this or realized how important it can be. Uh, we now have that capability, so I encourage them to get with their Claybell factory sales and agents who now have this software over 250 50 people around the world have this software. Uh, it's available in uh, all markets. So uh, they, they can con contact them and, and get information of this nature uh, now. Fantastic. Again, we've been chatting with Roger Lay, Technical Product Specialist for ClayVal. Roger, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of Valve Chronicles. Thank you, Daniel. And real quick before we let you go, if folks want to find out more about ClayCav uh, or some of your work in uh, valve noise analysis, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? 
The website has a lot of information uh, on engineering data sheets, uh, and they can also look up uh, their Clayville factory salespeople and agents uh, in the contact uh, section and give them a call or by email. Perfect. Roger, thanks again. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Valve Chronicles, a Clay Valve podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're going to our website, clayval.com, again, C-L-A-V-A-L.com, or subscribing to Valve Chronicles on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.